This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all spoilers. just fun yeah I think it's a fun movie I really liked it it's like what I expected and I was pleased yeah okay I I didn't learn anything about this movie before watching it and there's a particular genre of horror movie that I find really really scary and that's like home invasion type movies where there's like a human being chasing or pursuing another human being and like killing them and so I was actually like scared to watch this movie. I was like nervous at the beginning because I didn't know what it was going to be like. And then I was like, oh, wait, they're making jokes. And then I relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I remember the previews for this being kind of kitschy and silly and the music choice, the cuts, you know, it was all very like adventurous horror comedy mm-hmm. is, is how I went into this feeling. And so I wasn't expecting it to be scary at all. But we do get to a point in the movie eventually where I actually felt like tense for the main character. I was I was a little scared for her. Oh man, the odds are so stacked against her in this. I was like, there's no way. There's no way she's gonna get out of this. And they have some good like jump scare type stuff too, but yeah, I just like can't stop like gushing about this movie. I just thought it was like light and fun and like still scary in some parts and still tense in some parts. Like it just like checks all the boxes of like a super fun, like neat little modern horror movie. It came out in 2019. Yeah, it's so new. I, I love how quirky this movie is. It's it's it really leans into how silly it is. Mm-hmm. As dark as the family is, they are very funny. They're a weird bunch. Yes. Have you seen Knives Out? No, that's I confused that one or I was I would confuse that one with this one before I had seen either. So that's next on my list. You've got to watch it. So that one's more of a murder mystery, not not a horror, definitely. But it has the same like well-developed quirky characters where it's this kind of large family they've got their own interpersonal family dynamics and they've all got their own like funny little personality traits it just makes it like super fun from an ensemble standpoint because I didn't ever feel bored while watching this movie yeah speaking of ensemble this stars Andy McDowell who Mm -hmm. has been in lots of things so many things I'm gonna call out Groundhog Day as the first thing that comes to mind for me. Oh, yes, of course. She's so good. I feel like I hadn't seen her in anything for a long time. So I was like pretty pleasantly surprised that she was playing the mother-in-law in this movie. And Samara Weaving, who I actually don't think I've seen in another movie. I, I know she was in that Netflix film, The Babysitter, but I didn't actually see it yet. I've heard The Babysitter is really good. It's on my list of horror movies to check out. 
she is I keep on saying like so fun and I'm like I need to like stop saying so fun (laughs) (laughs) she's adorable I love her she is adorable like that moment where she's in her torn up wedding dress like and catches herself in the mirror I was like oh this is like a perfect costume opportunity like it's just so like kitschy and great I think I clapped. I was like, <laughs> Samara, you are so cute. I just love this outfit. <laughs> I was so excited to watch her run around and dirty up her wedding dress. And she's a good actress too. Like she mm-hmm. lets herself get ugly. I think that there's like kind of a class of mm-hmm. like Netflix actresses that I think of where I'm like, you know, you're soap opera adjacent where even if you're like in the middle of being murdered, you're still going to have perfect hair. Whereas perfect makeup. Exactly. Whereas like she gets disgusting and animalistic in this movie. I wrote that down. I wrote down that she's basically feral at the end. That's the second time that word has come up. I think this season for me. Yeah, I think it's because this season, like with the rituals where it's usually like a group of people against one person, it's like you have to dig down into your base animal feelings of survival where you're like, above everything else I just need to survive yeah for sure her husband is played by Mark O'Brien who was in Halt and Catch Fire which I loved I love that show not a horror show but it's a really good show if you guys get a chance to watch it and then we have Adam Brody who was in the OC I mean he's been in more since then but (laughs) that's what I remember him from I felt like he was really enjoying this role oh yeah he seemed, yeah, he seemed to be like a little bit of a scene stealer. He just seemed to be leaning into it a lot. Everybody in this movie also has like dark circles around their eyes. Everyone's eyes are like deep set and dark. And I always <laughs> I thought that was really funny. This movie takes place around a wedding mm-hmm. and everyone just looks like doom and gloom at this wedding. <laughs> and it's really funny. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I want to do a plot summary so that we can get Let's into it. it. Yes. Uh, so newlywed. Grace is on the night of her wedding um, staying with her husband at his family's estate and he springs it on her that at midnight there is a family tradition that they must follow where she has to play a game as an initiation into the family and uh, little does she know that this game is very deadly. Grace. She really just does not fit in with this crew. She's too good. Like at her core, she's like a good person. And I think that we see that most when she is relating to her brother-in-law, Daniel, right? I mean, earlier in the movie, she kind of makes some jabs that he's an alcoholic who hits on her or whatnot. But she really believes that he's a good person. Like she, she just believes that he's a good person and is willing to help her out, even though he like ruins that trust over and over she's like a little beam of light in this dark dark house with this gloomy family and they uh talk about this a little bit in the beginning she just wants a normal family life like she doesn't have that and she's so excited to be joining her husband's new family and desperately wants them to like her and how many red flags is he throwing up though where he's like hey we don't have to get married Um, His brother comes in and is like, hey, it's not too late for you to get out of here. And like, sure, it could just be like shitty cold feet jokes. But like, they're really laying it on there that like, 
maybe they should reconsider getting married. But it's the morning of the wedding. Like, what are they expecting is going to happen? I know, right? Like, yeah, that's a good time for her to change her mind. I mean, I, I, I guess I assume he's been asking her the whole time if she really wants to go through with it. But he could have just made it a lot easier on her by being honest. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like he wants to come back to his family. In the beginning of this movie, he's very much like, I don't want to be involved with my family anymore. Mm-hmm. So why not just be honest with her? I think he's not willing to. I think he's not willing to make the sacrifice of, you know, eloping and then himself and his whole family dying. Um, He doesn't want to take that risk. He's so selfish. Like there's so much about him yes. that I just found like so subtly coded as selfish I was thinking about how he's trying to help her um, get through this, but he's not helping her by telling her the truth. He's not helping her by like actually getting her out of the situation. And when he's handcuffed like to the bed, I was like, if you actually cared about your wife, you would have like broken your thumb like we saw in the ritual or you Mm -hmm. would have like debrided your hand to get out of those handcuffs to get to your wife Mm -hmm. instead of just like fruitlessly (laughs) like shimmying it (laughs) along like the foot foot of the bed (laughs) trying but not really trying Yeah. yeah and I think at one point he even says you know if I didn't if I told you the truth you wouldn't have married me and if I didn't want to marry you if I didn't marry you you would have left me I was like, oh, well, that says it right there. Like, that's everything wrong with you, buddy. Yeah, so selfish. <laughs> you're you're giving excuses for your selfishness. I know. She doesn't have anyone. They give us very little about her background where they say that she was in the foster system. But it seems like even at the wedding, she doesn't really have, like, her side. She doesn't have, like, friends and family there to care for her. As she's running through the house from these maniacs, I just was like, Yeah, there's no one who's going to be, like, looking for her if she doesn't make it out of this. So they're, like, kind of comfortable that they can just, like, toss her body if they need to. That's true. And I hadn't thought about that. It seems to have worked out that way. But it didn't seem like one of those things that was intentional. But we see, like, Grace is just an anomaly to this family. Like, she's this – she's – blonde she's bright she's bubbly she's kind she's not really selfish she and she gets the bad card (laughs) yeah yeah she she's trying like even like with this weird ritual let's like pretend for a second that this ritual like didn't have anything to do with like a murder game but was just like a weird game that you had to play at midnight the fact that she's like going along with it at all on her wedding night is like okay, she's down. Like she's willing to put in the effort. And I did really like at the beginning how she was like, I'm going to win. She's like, I'm going to play the shit out of this game and I'm going to win before she even knows what it is. And I'm like, man, this is a good time to tell her what this game is. (laughs) And she does win. So that's cool. But um, oh my gosh, how annoying it must have been for her to be still in her wedding dress to, to do all this. I was like, I... I love the costuming for the movie's sake, but uh, as a as a character, that must have been a little annoying to not be able to change. I know. Just it's so puffy. And I know she rips off like the bottom bit of it so she can move around a little bit more, but it still looks like a heavy, big dress. I was wondering if she was going to like reveal that it was like a skirt, 
like part attached and like just like mm. take that off and go but um it's a very like fun punky look with her with her sneakers and her rip dress yeah she's cutie should we go through the kill count to take us through the plot I think we should. It's pretty consistent through the movie, actually. There is. Yeah, they spread them out for us. And we see a death right at the beginning. They they take us back in time a little bit. Yeah, we get a nice prologue to this family, although we're not really sure what's happening. It's not really clear who anybody is or what, what these characters will be doing later in the story or who they are yet. But we see this family, essentially, and it's another wedding. And it's the, this woman is crying in her wedding dress and they basically kid, uh, kidnap his, her husband and use him in a ritual. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to hide um, and gets found out by a couple of little brats. Yeah. And the little him. brats turn out to be uh, kid versions of Alex and Daniel, which they try to imply some of the relationship dynamics here between the two of them because Daniel hides Alex into like a wardrobe or something so that he doesn't have to see what's happening so it's that kind of like protection thing but I didn't know if they like really paid off on that later not really watching it I was like oh okay so they just like kill him and then I was like oh wait maybe they're not supposed to kill him they're supposed to maim him and then I got, I got like so excited. I got progressively more excited as this like opening scene happened because then they mentioned a ritual <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, Megan picked the perfect movie. You know, they flash <laughs> forward to this new wedding, which is between, um, shoot, I can't even remember their names. Daniel is Daniel uh, when she's married. No, Alex. Alex. It's Alex All and right. Grace. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Alex and Grace. We flash forward to their wedding and this is obviously a parallel to what we just saw. Um, and the, the woman from the prologue is the aunt that we see at the wedding that we meet with this family. And she's, she's, she cracks me up. I love this character. She's got like this dark raccoon eye makeup. She is so (laughs) cranky and bitter. And, you know, we know why. She's got this like great sourpuss face. Yes. I know. She's just. (laughs) She's just glowering everywhere she goes. <laughs> She's so miserable because her husband was killed. I mean, uh, this is like Grace's future. <laughs> You're going to be this woman, right? Or you would be this woman, right? Well, actually, I'm sorry. That's not Grace's future. That That's Alex's Alex. future. Yeah. He, he would be that lady. <laughs> just miserable his whole life. And, you know, I thought that the aunt was going to be more sympathetic to the situation but turns out like it just hardened her over time and yeah. she's like and she is like you need to put up or shut up like she's like pay it <laughs> you forward. play the game yeah exactly you play the game uh and she's the one who very creepily was like waiting in their bedroom to to say oh, like yes. we're about to start the games and you're late <laughs> like they could have been having sex in there doesn't she come through like a side door or something yes okay because this <laughs> so movie it takes place like they got married on this estate and it is a huge mansion like truly huge mansion with grounds and like the grounds are huge and there's this system of servant corridors just kind of built like through throughout the house which is like a second infrastructure within the main house like these tunnels are not like little tiny cramped tunnels they're like huge lit piped tunnels um 
so yeah so that's a, a a nice like little hint for us that like you know there's these servant corridors that you can come in and out of and spook people when they're about to have sex the you know it's funny that you mention it being easy to cover up um grace's involvement with this family because i wanted to call out you know at this wedding there are just so many witnesses there are so many people that attended this wedding outside of that immediate family and i i was thinking like how do they cover this up like i i can see how they would not be concerned about the family but are all these friends in on this too like how are they going to explain this i don't know i it it gets progressively harder to explain the more people die in this movie (laughs) right i mean it is a mess like they obviously don't know what they're doing and knowing that this is a something something that only happens every once in a while i thought was interesting too Going into the movie, I assumed that any game she was going to pick was going to kill her. Yeah, they they do talk about this at the game ceremony. And the games, the two games that are mentioned, we, we have to assume there's more. But the two games that are mentioned are Old Maid and, and like the other one. Uh, like it's like checkers or chess or chess, something. Chess, yeah. yeah. And I think the idea is that you know, well, when backing up a bit, when you meet these characters, they're all kind of deplorable. They're all kind of shitheads, selfish. You know, they fit right in with this family. They're not like mm-hmm. Grace. Mm-hmm. So I think Grace was always going to pick that card, mm-hmm. like the card where you get murdered. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody else kind of just got a pass because they fit in, <laughs> you know, like this. This guy, this ghost gets to choose what's on the card for each person. Mm-hmm. Mr. LaBelle. Yes, I did think that it was funny that her sister-in-law, and this is like an extended sister-in-law because this is Daniel's wife. Her name is Charity. And so you have Grace and oh, Charity, boy. but she is not a <laughs> charitable person. It's an ironic name. <laughs> Anyways, but in that scene, I'm like, every time I watch this, Kate, I watched this movie three times. Wow. It's a cute movie. It is cute. But I think three times was a bit much. Um, but every time I watched it, I'm like, maybe this time she won't pull that card. <laughs> maybe this time she'll be okay. Uh, I mean, she pulls the card and she's like, all right. Yeah. Let's uh let's toast. Everyone's faces are incredible. It's so funny. I wrote that down too. <laughs> there. And her cheersing them is really funny. Like, yeah, they're about to hunt you down, girl. Like <laughs> wait till after the game. I feel like this ghost spirit like almost wanted to punish this family for like <sighs> either they're like hubris or like him maybe leaving the family and then only coming back to like fulfill the game or something. I think that he was like, I'm going to force you to watch your family kill your wife. Yeah. Cause his face just looks like, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder what that original husband was like. The aunt's husband. Yeah. He must have been I know. so nice. Yeah, they only kill the nice ones, it turns out. Or they try to kill the nice ones, it turns out. Spoiler. Um, so one of the things about this movie that's so funny is that these people are so rich and they have so many traditions, like especially like built around this stupid game. <laughs> yes. And so when the game is on, they still don't explain to her what's about to happen. They're just like, 
you get 100 seconds to go hide and then you have to stay hidden until dawn and it's midnight it's just so long it's like the purge i wouldn't have known what you know how serious this is because nobody's telling her including her husband horrible still i feel like my my game plan would have been to like go somewhere that i could fall asleep and just stay there mm-hmm. because a i can't stay up all night running around and b i just don't think i would have taken this that seriously <laughs> So I'd probably be dead. Because they didn't tell her she leaves her hiding spot. She has a very good hiding spot that she does eventually leave because she's like, I can't I can't just stay here all night. Like, that's ridiculous. It's my wedding night. Yeah, it seems stupid. The whole thing seems like, like it's a joke. Like, totally. they can't possibly be serious. Yeah. Um, but... You know, you're like you're saying, like these people are so rich. They have so many servants. And of course, the servants are the first ones on the chopping block in this movie. So funny. So I, funny yeah. how this like totally incompetent like sister w- w- with her crossbow. That's the other funny thing about this, too, is that they're traditionalists, oh, yes. but like only when it suits them. Like they force each other to use traditional weapons. They're supposed to not use electricity. But then they also use electricity to make sure that all doors and windows are locked and like alarmed. It's just very yeah. inconsistent and like seems to suit their own purposes. That's typical. They're pretty rich. Of course. Of <laughs> course. And this this dumb sister, like she just keeps killing the maids. She can't stop <laughs> killing maids. She keeps thinking they're Grace and and then ends up shooting the maids and everyone is like, hey, you're not supposed to kill these people. You're like, you're not supposed to kill her anyway. <laughs> we need to ritualize her live body. But I think this, I love this sister character. She's hilarious. She's such a dummy. She's, such a little she's bit. so dumb. And she's like that total like, daddy, I don't know what I'm doing. Like kind of character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Grace is hiding in the dumb waiter. And at some point, the the servant makes their way over to the dumbwaiter, mm-hmm. uh, Dora, and she gets crushed in the dumbwaiter. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but before she gets crushed, you know, Grace runs over there and she's like, you need to get out of there and let me hide in there because they're trying to kill me. And then Dora's like a class traitor. She's like, oh, she's over here. Kill her. Don't kill me. Kill her. Kill her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. What a bootlicker, Dora. Right? <laughs> Help a sister out. Right. Um, and her death was pretty, like, amazing how she gets, like, crushed in this dumbwaiter. Yeah, it was really cool. It was like, um, it reminded me of that scene in Resident Evil in the elevator. Elevators are scary. Like, elevators, dumbwaiters, like, if they, like, drop on you, if, if you're, well, I don't know why you'd be in a dumbwaiter, <laughs> but if you're in an elevator and it drops on you, like, I'd be terrified. There are these elevators in, I know in Europe, I've seen videos of them in Europe um, and potentially in Asia as well, that are these rotating elevators where it like kind of is like a dumbwaiter, like where it's like just open all the time and it runs on a rotation and you don't call for it and it doesn't stop. It's constantly moving. And so, and so you just have to step onto it at the right time. And then get off at the oh right gosh. time. Is there a way to pause it, like for handicap? No. Yeah, they they don't move very quickly, but they're wildly unsafe. They're so unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> now, I might be out of order. I can't remember. I can't keep all the chambermaids uh, straight. But I know Claire also gets it. 
I think somebody gets Clara shot. Clara gets right? shot. She's the one who gets shot yeah. first. And that's when Grace clues in that they're trying to kill her because <laughs> Grace is right. hiding in the room with Alex. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, yeah, they're going to come kill you, obviously. But it's like, no, not obviously. She had no idea. And he doesn't stay with her. He leaves her. He does. He's like, I have to I have to go. And I forget why, what his excuse is. But I was like, I feel like you're better off protecting her and showing her where to go. His goal was to go mess with the security controls, I think, so that he could unlock the doors and windows for her. But he should have just brought her with him. He tells her to go through the servant corridors to the kitchen. And that's when she has that, like, first little standoff against Stevens, who's, like, their their butler type guy. We get that nice Jurassic Park scene. Yes, I know. It's so funny, like, watching this movie. There was a lot of tropes that they used that have definitely been used in a million other movies. But it's so good here. It's, like, so satisfying to see, like, him come around the kitchen island and she's already gone. Yes. I'm like, how are you so quiet, girl? Who is the third? How does the third girl, like, servant girl, get killed? So this is when the stupid sister is trying to figure out how to use the crossbow and accidentally fires it through her head. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't remember her name, but... I, I, I enjoyed that death as well. It was hilarious. Yeah. And of course, it was the goofy sister. I know. It is funny how like in the present day scenes that it's all of the like help, you know, mm-hmm. it's all the help that like are getting killed off first. And they're just seen as so disposable. These girls. Yeah. Oh, I know. To the point where they literally just throw their bodies into this weird like barn hole in the ground. So a lot of this movie is, as you can imagine, Grace just running frantically away from people and doing a good job, right? The family starts getting nervous, right? They're like nervous that people who are not her are dying. (laughs) Um, And she actually makes it out of the house at one point. And she is just so tenacious that she is willing to do whatever it takes to get away. Yeah. At some point, she ends up in the barn. And is this, this is where she, I think on her way, either on her way to the barn or in the barn is where she sees Georgie. Do you remember this? That little kid who tattled, he's like, starts yelling, like screaming that she's there. Yes. Yes. I was like, fucking Georgie, <laughs> you little shit. I know. I thought it was so funny when she knocked him out. <laughs> I did too. Good he deserved he deserved it. There is this like balance that I think that that Alex the husband is trying to strike right of like he wants to save his wife but is he willing to let his entire family die and the sister is like, "But what about my kids?" and it's like, "No, no." <laughs> she says at one point, "My kids don't deserve to die." And I'm like, yeah, they kind of do. Like your whole family deserves to die. You guys have set yourselves up on this horrible path. Like you probably just should never have had kids. Like that's what I think is so funny about this. These people, you know, they're so invested in maintaining the status quo and doing what's right for them and not really thinking about the future. Like how can this possibly go on forever? 
Why would you want to have kids if you knew that you would have to raise them to be okay with killing someone? <laughs> it's madness. I don't know. It's horrible. It seems like a bad idea. Horrible yeah. idea. This family just should not have had children and should have put an end to the curse that way. But it's they you liked know, being rich. Then they'd have to give up their earthly riches. I know, they yeah. liked being rich from their board game empire. Yeah. I do love when she reaches the barn. The though. barn is great. This is her coolest moment. It is yeah. because that's when I was like, she's going to make it. This was really like for me, I was like, there's no way she's not making it through this movie because when she falls into that horrible pit in that barn is so gross. <laughs> It is nasty. I called it the vat of infection. Ooh, that's a good title. And it's all of these old dead corpses, like their previous victims, which is funny that there would be so many. <laughs> the effect is really great because there's just flies immediately all over her when she lands. And like it's disgusting. she um, had been shot in the hand by Georgie. That's and right. I, and I yes. was like, oh, get that open a wound away from these bodies. <laughs> Oh, I was like, get your tetanus shot quick. <laughs> if the curse doesn't kill you, if the ritual doesn't kill you, that that uh, infection right. might. And then she comes out of the vat and slams her hand down, like on the, the side of the hole, the wood, yeah. right? The ground and puts that hand with a hole in it from the gunshot through a nail. Yeah. So she has like a nail go through her wound. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, how does one go on? And then she's probably, you know, like using it for leverage now. And it was just so painful to watch. I had a hard time watching that. Stuff. I did, too. I had a really hard time watching it. But like, I loved her guttural scream where she like gave herself yes. one. She was like, I'm gonna let myself scream. And then I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and then she scrapes herself when she goes through the fence pretty good. Yes. She, she reaches like the, yeah, the border of the property and gets another good one in. There's this raw iron fence that um, she is just using all of the strength in her to like pull back those metal bars. And like she gets it most of the way and then just like fucks up her back trying to get through. But she gets through. Like, it's amazing. She has her breakthrough. And we think, oh, maybe she'll get away or she'll hide in the woods for the night. But she ends up having a Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment in this next scene before our next step. It's so sad. This is where she is fleeing into the woods. And Stevens, the butler, just, he's like, loyal to this family for some dumb reason i don't know why it's not like he made a deal with labelle right but he is pursuing her with his car and i don't remember the order of where like she ends up like taking over the car but then he comes back and like finds her right it's kind of weird she he does eventually put her in the car but she's able to cause him to drive off the road I do forget actually the exact order here because at some point she's driving the car and she's on a call with the like on star services or whatever the brand is in the movie. And it's really funny because the guy is like, um, I can't actually help you because you're in a, a stolen car. <laughs> so the car just gets shut off and she's kind of doomed. And I was like, 
this guy should have at least called the police for her. Like, you could at least do that. And he does. Does he? Okay. He does call the police. Yeah, he does call the police, which is how, at the very end of the movie, you know, like, police Uh, do show up. Yes, at the end. Yeah. I actually really like it in horror movies when, like, some random person calls the cops because then I'm like, all right, now we've got a ticking time bomb. Like, at some point, like, a third party is going to show up and witness something. (laughs) I like that, too. I guess I miss that. But the car stops and eventually Stevens catches up to the car. I don't know how because she was flying down (laughs) the road. And then that's how we get to his death because she is thrown in the back seat. And while he's rocking out to his, uh, what is that called? Is it Flight of the Valkyries that's playing? It's like the, it's the 1812 Overture. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's rocking out to that and uh, she comes up behind him and, and, Basically runs, forces him to run off the road. Yeah. Yeah. She like kicks him in the back of the head. And it's funny because he's on like a video call with the family so they can see <laughs> that she's like going to do something and yeah. they can't stop it. And the car totally flips. So she is too kind hearted. She runs into Daniel in the woods as she's trying to run away. And he's got a gun and she's like, you don't need to do this. And he's like, I really wish that <laughs> I could not do this (laughs) and um i think he tranks her like they have like trank guns and i assume that that's because um she needs to be alive for the ceremony yeah i don't know why they would give the sister live ammo and everyone else tranquilizer darts (laughs) i think daniel's distracting her and then the dad gets her uh from behind yeah there was part of me that was wondering if Daniel was only saying what he was saying because his dad was there. And so he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to play along as part of the family. Yeah, that's kind of the sense I got from him. He seemed like kind of ready to just die. Like he couldn't really live with this life anymore. He hated his wife. Like he was like, you're a monster. Yeah. Like I told you about this and you were game. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if any of those guys ever warned their spouses that they could possibly be involved in this kind of game or if they just sort of waited it out I know to see what card they would pick but I'm also struggling to imagine what that was like the first time telling them okay now every time someone marries in they might get that card and we might have to attack them because they all know exactly what to do when she pulls that card they're ready they're like (laughs) they're prepared I, I really like her feral way of using like found instruments to like bludgeon her main main people i think in this part of the film she starts just she's like fight or flight it is totally fight or flight it's amazing yeah i mean after after steven's death we do lose daniel because um daniel does have a, a change of heart in the house and he wants to help alex and grace and his wife charity uh shoots him she's she's bad news this is really the beginning of the unraveling of Alex. He's he's starting to see the the ramifications of choosing his wife. And he kind of has a change of heart. Well, now he has a full change of heart, I want to say, because he was kind of doing a shit job of taking care of her before. Um, but now he's kind of like, yeah, I actually decided that I am choosing my family. Right, because he loves his brother. I mean, if it was his brother's wife and his brother-in-law who died he'd probably be like that's too bad (laughs) but um, his brother he's close with 
and he walks in on Grace uh, killing his mom, and she kills her in a really, really brutal way. She gets smashed, smashed in with the box, the box that kind of set her fate in motion. Yes, the, the puzzle, the puzzle box. box. Yes. Yeah, and uh, she you can tell that she's also a little bit broken too because uh, the mom is definitely dead, and she is still banging away on her head. <laughs> I'd be devastated if I was her so many times in this movie, just anytime she gets a moment to breathe and let those sorts of thoughts settle in, especially when she's running to the barn and, and through the woods and she's alone and, and scared. And I just think how devastating this must be for her. She was so excited to get married. She loved her husband. She looks so cute. And, and this is how it all turned out. She really wanted a family and this entire family is now trying to kill her. It's just... So I do feel for her a lot. It's really sad. And I could see it coming. They telegraph it right when Alex walks in and he sees his mom. You know, you know that Alex is like, I'm sorry, we have to do this. But it still hurts. It still hurts because you want him to be better than what he is. You want to believe that you chose a better person than that. That's, I think, the hardest part. (laughs) I think that this is a good time for us to talk about the ritual before the end of the movie. Yeah, we have one more like sort of group death in our kill count, but we'll lump it in with the ritual because they're really intertwined. They are. So when I was thinking about the ritual, I broke it up into two parts when I was thinking about it. Same. Yeah, because there's the family tradition of choosing the game. And then because she chooses the card hide and seek, there's a bonus ritual at the end of the hide and seek game. It's a twofer. Yes. So the first part of the ritual has to be done at midnight on the wedding night. Anytime somebody new joins the family. And if they don't participate in the ritual, the assumption is that everyone will die. There are some funny rumors about, you know, cousins, like distant relatives who, you know, the entire kind of branch of their family died in a mysterious accident or something. And the patriarch of the family, the dad is like, it's because they didn't play. So we have to play. And it's all based around this family legend that they've built of their grandfather who is building this board game empire meets this mysterious stranger, LaBelle, and um, strikes up a deal with him. And in this deal, it's like a contract. There's all of these like little clauses and details in there. And one of them being that they have to perform this ritual. I, I couldn't imagine signing up for such a for such an agreement. I mean, were they they were rich before the agreement? weren't they? Before they made that deal. I think that they were already rich, but then once they've made the deal, it has just skyrocketed where they have board games and then they bought sports teams and like, they're just, they're so greedy that they can't stop. It's like Rosemary's Baby. All these packs with the devil just never end well. I thought that the concept of how the game is chosen was really cool with the puzzle box. Yes, because, you know, it's a blank card that they insert. They insert a card, uh, I think the father does, and then it moves around the table. Everybody passes it along. And then by the time it gets to Grace, she pulls the card out and the demon or the devil or the ghost has written the choice on the card. I mean, it looks like it's been typed, but the idea is that this game has been selected for her. It's not like she's picking from a deck of cards. (laughs) 
there was there was no chance I think for her to not have to play this game because she's so nice. It's really cool and everyone has been in on what is supposed to happen when a hide and seek card is drawn and that is the one card they're very clear about this it's the one card in the deck that requires them to try and kill someone and they you know they do some other things along with this ritual that we pointed out you know they don't use electricity they don't use the uh, cameras or they're not supposed to use the cameras but that doesn't seem like it's actually part of the deal I think they are just doing that to be a better better sports about it. <laughs> it's pretty gross. I think that, that they've got these traditions that are supposed to make themselves feel like civilized people, but it's it's not. It's horrible. Yeah, it's like purge. It's like purge. It's totally like purge. And the reason why they keep doing this is because of, as we mentioned, this supernatural curse element where they truly believe that if you don't play after you get married you die the next day and not only do you die but everyone in your part of the family dies as well I think it's funny that Alex felt comfortable taking that risk especially after witnessing it right it's almost like he was in denial about how his family actually was and how yeah. far he could get away from his family because yeah. he wanted to get married. He wanted to have it all. Well, they catch her and tie her up and uh, like kind of like attach her to this. It looks like a pentagram or some sort of like symbol on a table, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a table to to attach her to. And that's the second part of the ritual, which is now the end of the game since she's been captured and now it's time for some torturing yes they're all in cloaks they're chanting they're passing around this chalice of blood who knows where the blood is from and it's so satanic like I was a little surprised at how like satanic this setup was I was like oh like LaBelle like it totally seems like a deal with the devil but they weren't saying that earlier they were just like oh this like generous man um and then you see this and you're like oh yeah LaBelle's totally the devil I like how they juxtapose this silliness of the plot of the movie and the characters with this dark ceremony that almost I mean you kind of almost forget the scenario because the movie is so Mm -hmm. fun all of a sudden you're looking at these people drinking blood. It's not funny anymore. You're now fearing for this girl. Yeah, like this is the end. It doesn't look good for her until everyone starts vomiting. <laughs> Yay. Yay, Daniel. This is where Daniel, as we as we mentioned, yeah, through. Daniel came through. He decided to try and help Grace. And he uh just lightly, like a little dash of poison, hydrochloric acid in the blood. And this is good. Um, Alex actually I think has does he have to be the one to kill he her? He has it seems to be like the one. It. Yes, it has to be him. Yeah, which means the aunt had to be the one to kill her husband. No wonder she was crying. I can't imagine. I'd be so dead inside, <laughs> which is kind of how she looks <laughs> for the rest of her life. We can imagine. Truly, as he you know has her pinned to the table he cries out hail satan and i was like okay so we're just full on (laughs) satanists here then it's silly again yes (laughs) i think that line is just so funny it is funny because it's just like feels like it comes from nowhere (laughs) 
when they said it in Rosemary's Baby, I, every time I crack up when they zoom in on Roman's face and he's like, hey, I'll Satan. I just <laughs> find it so funny to see him saying this. It is funny. But this is basically the end of the ritual and it's, uh, you know, interrupted. Mm-hmm. The ceremony is interrupted because she is a fighter through and through. Um, he tries to slam this dagger down on her and she jerks her body just enough so that he stabs her in like the shoulder. Like it's not a a death, <laughs> a death blow, right? And so then she like scrambles up off the table and she's like in a corner of the room with all of these people just kind of staring at her, like not sure what to do. And, and the sun is coming up at this point. It is. They're, they're desperate. They're desperate to finish the ceremony. They're scared. And she's desperate to survive she you know the sun basically comes up and everyone's sort of like standing around waiting for the next thing to happen and and there's a minute where you think oh my god this was all fake she had to go through this for nothing like there was literally a minute where I was like this this isn't real like this isn't that kind of reality actually I guess now what happens to her are they going to kill her anyway are they going to let her go can they get married like she's not going to want to marry this guy I had the exact same thought I was like these rich assholes just have been killing people (laughs) over the years without actually proving out (laughs) anything then they start popping like little blood balloons it's so cool. They they like combust and turn into like this dust, basically. It's blood. It's just like blood everywhere. It splatters yeah, on her. Yeah, she's covered <laughs> in blood by the end because every single person still left in the family pops, including the children. Yes. I was so happy. Those little brats. Me too. Yeah. And Alex waits the longest, you know, I think because they're I'm not exactly sure how that part of the ritual works. You know, he married her. So does she, does her marriage to him protect him since the ritual wasn't completed? Because what happens is she takes her ring off, drops it and says, I want a divorce. And that's when he pops. (laughs) And it's pretty good. It's great. It's so good. It's such a satisfying ending. Them all dying in the like extreme over the top bloodbath way that they all die, I think genuinely like raised this movie like another like full point or two for me. It was so good. Yeah, it was it was such a nice bow on the end of it, on the end of all the quirkiness, like the way that they die just is perfect. (laughs) It's so silly and well deserved. It's nice when you have a movie that feels like it delivers like tension and humor but also like has a really satisfying payoff at the end agree oh man I like want to go watch this movie again like right now and I want to make everyone watch this I'm so glad you liked it yeah I really liked it it was great I like I like really like this more contemporary like genre of horror movies where it's leaning into horror and comedy uh, and taking both seriously like, it's not just trying to be, like, a scary movie, like, a kind of dumb thing. It's, like, trying to be both. And it, like, works really well. Yeah, I thought that it did a good job of being fun. You forget that you're scared. You're supposed to be scared watching it. There's a few moments where, you know, that changes on you. And I enjoy that because I want a horror movie. But I really, really like the way they kept it somehow light. Somehow mm. very light in this dark 
plot. They pulled it off. Yeah. I I enjoy it. I I do recommend it. And I for anyone who likes horror comedy, it's definitely for you. If you're not into like the silly stuff, then you know, you may not enjoy it as much. Highly recommend as we have mentioned a million times over in this <laughs> review. So definitely go check it out. Definitely well worth it. Uh, and we are just a few short weeks away from our season finale. Yeah, we're so excited to see you there. Uh, we'll have some ritual fun together. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Happy watching.